This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-3620. That's 800-261-3620. Welcome back. We have a detailed follow-up on terror. And I meant the delegate count convention. And also Belgium. Very tossed. Welcome back, my dear friends, my partners, my dear radio family. And it just occurred to me in the theme song from which particular malaise I am suffering this week. It's post-party depression. Now, that, that can literally, when you think about it, I intended as a lame joke, so I hope it comes across as accordingly lame, but... You know, you can have post-party depression. You know, it's called Monday morning. And it can be physical as well as psychological, right? But it's actually not quite as lame on second glance as it might on first glance appear to be. I mean, post-party depression. There are no more parties. Well, the Democrat Party is fully intact. Despite what you see with BS and BS1 and BS2. In that race, the, the, the Republicans have. I am a man without a party, and I don't, you know, mentally, intellectually, that sort of doesn't bother me. But I just realized all my life I've belong. I'm an American, and I'm an American since, you know, the Whig Party and all of that. So, like you, I've always had a single word answer as a security blanket. To the degree it's, you know, been necessary, I've always had a single word answer. Uh, oh, I, I'm a Republican. Now, I've always felt the need, as you have, especially in recent years, to qualify it eight ways from Sunday, right? You, you know, you can't just say Republican and you don't. And in fact, you probably don't say Republican. But in your mind, in your, if you were semi-conscious, if you were you know, uh, under uh, anesthesia, and they said, you know, male or female, you know, you'd know, you say, you know, you'd give the right answer. And you'd say, is this your birth date? And, you, you know, you'd know your birth date. And they'd say, Republican or Democrat? And, you you know, in that state, you wouldn't bother to say, well, actually, I'm kind of a small C, conservative, libertarian, originalist, constitutionalist, you know, a Republican. You know, you'd say Republican, and and I have post-party depression, and it's really getting to me because, whereas I'm not sure that what's about to happen 
with the Republican side of the equation in this election is going to be illegal, unfair, un-American, anti-democratic, the very chance that it could be, and very still plausibly will be all of those things, is, is bumming me up, I'm telling you. But we're not going to start with that today, even though we just did. For those who wish I would ignore, you know, that I get right to that terror, you know, domestic political terror uh, uh, after a fashion instead of follow up on ISIS worldwide uh, radical Muslim threats to us I will cap my non-start start by saying the current delegate count as of this moment has Donald Trump ahead of Ted Cruz by 286 votes Still nowhere near, nowhere near, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of delegates away from capturing 1237. But how about here at the home of Project 1236? We watch our hideous Frankensteinian baby, little baby Project 1236, grow from a mere brilliant theorem to the operating convention of the United States of America politics, right? And of that, whatever the outcome, at least we can be proud. The delegate count is Trump up by 286. One of the amazing things is, and I'll say one other thing, and then I do want, I do need, we in good conscience need to follow up on what's happening with uh, radical Muslims trying to kill us, uh, most recent chapter. Uh, which which brings us to Europe for the moment. But I will say this too. Do you share my sense? And this is the bonus toss-up early question right now for us here on the Blaze Radio Network, which together we are for the next two hours. At one 888 900-3393 via Twitter at J-A-Y underscore Severin. Bonus GE toss-up question. Boy, there could be a lot of them. But do you share my impression? Do you have the impression? Listening to the national media since we were together yesterday and most especially last night and today, which, duh, I guess would be the time since we were last together, duh. Do you, do you have the impression that Donald Trump, somehow by virtue of what happened last night, has turned a magic corner? Now, I'm not going to dispute that there is a psychological magic corner. I know, I've been in politics all my life. I don't know if you know this. But I founded my grade school civics club and newspaper when I was in the sixth grade. Brittany, I ever mentioned that before? Uh, not to my knowledge, Jay, no. Good. All right. Well, I'm glad I mentioned it now then because I do want you to know. And, and in, in all that time, uh, when I think about this now, 
You know, I, I think, wait a second. I know that there's a psychological corner that you can turn and everyone says, well, that's it. It's over now. You know, it's just, it's all over, but the, but the waiting now. Did we turn that? We turned something because if you watched, listened to, saw, heard, read national media in the last 22 hours, the sense that Trump, not, I'm not saying the sense that Trump is inevitable. And I'm not, I'm prepared to dispute that, but not much. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the sense that people acquired the sense, the sensation that Trump is inevitable all, all of a sudden since yesterday evening as a result of winning Arizona last night, Trump has turned the corner. Now, we know that mathematically this is not true. We know that arithmetically this is not true. We know that it is not significant according to the, to the maths, okay? So it must be psychologically because darned if I didn't get the impression listening, hearing, watching, reading, everything I have overnight and until this moment, that, well, this is, it's like, it's like yesterday was Super Tuesday in some psychological way. Now, maybe it was. Maybe I don't sense it. Maybe my radar is flawed. Do you get that sense? That's my bonus toss-up question at one 888 Did we cross a boundary last night that I didn't recognize? Because, in fact, and I and I know that when you're talking about the psychological aspects of this, numbers don't matter. When you're talking about political twerking in the civic circus maximus, I know we're not talking about arithmetic anymore, but neither has it completely disappeared. So is it not worth mentioning that though Trump is up by you know, a couple hundred delegates. It's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not meaningless. But again, it's you know, 500 away from where you need to be. But I don't know. All the coverage seems to suggest that's it. It's over. You know what? I'm not even saying that's wrong. I just wonder where that sense came from. Because, right. and this is my point. Yes, Jay, is there a point here? Yes, there is. What happened last night was that Trump won Arizona. It was a winner-take-all. It was the biggest delegate stash available yesterday. 5-8, 58 delegates. Trump won them all because he won Arizona. But Ted Cruz won Utah, and he won almost 70% of the, 70% of the vote, meaning he triggered the winner-take-all provision in Utah. He had to get 50% of the vote or more. He got 70. So Ted Cruz got all of Utah's delegates, 40. 40 is less than 58. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. It's 18. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 fewer than Trump won. So my point is that yesterday when we greeted each other, Trump was at X, And Cruz was at Y. And today, Trump's net jump is plus 
18 delegates. 1-8-18. Did a jump of 18 delegates cross some kind of super secret decoder ring, two-way recorder, wrist TV, secret handshake, double secret probation line that Jay hasn't figured out? This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-3620. That's 800-261-3620. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. one 3393 I'm Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network partners, and I do want to follow up on Belgium, not for sentimental reasons, but for very real ones that I think concern us more directly than many of our countrymen realize. However... Let me first ask this question, and time is of the essence, so I'm not going to approach it with my usual delicacy and humility. Who do you know off the top of your head who would be your best bet if you could ask one person privately, tell me what's going to happen with the Republican candidates here? What's going to happen? Just off the, just, just off the top of your head. Who might you ask? If you could ask, you know, anybody, even a guy on the radio, if you could ask anybody, who would you ask? Okay, I'm just saying, if, as a long shot, I happened to somehow pop onto your list of possibilities of people that you would have confidence in, 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 uh, in acquiring that information, just in case. If you were to ask me, how does Ted Cruz, how does the best qualified candidate, in my view, and I know many of ours, how does Ted Cruz, the best qualified candidate in 150 years to be president of the United States, how at this point does he become president of the United States? What's what's the explain to me the path? Because because Jay, I know that you have it maybe a hitherto secret rationale or something. So tell me tell me how Ted wins this. I don't know. Do you? We'll talk more about that. I have partners on the phone, but I have to get to this. Belgium. Pretty good 
pretty good police work for bad police work pretty quickly, no? When we spoke yesterday, exactly 24 hours ago, they had nothing. They knew nothing. In those 24 hours, the major bombing victim at large is dead. The picture's been issued. We know what happened to the others. We know who's dead. We know who's alive. And though they're looking for a lot of people, the major guy they're looking for, reportedly they have. There is one guy that, I mean, they're looking for many guys, but there's one principal guy still at large. But in 24 hours, for bad, for for notoriously, and they are, notoriously bad policing, they haven't done badly, which makes me think it's our CIA and special forces actually doing it. During which 24 hours, Donald Trump has called again for new laws permitting torture. And then when he's questioned on the term, and by the way, I agree with him, and, 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 I, and he's not going to get new laws that force Congress to go on the record about torture. So what you really need is a finding from your presidential council. You need a finding. It's called a finding. You need a finding that, that tells you that you as president and your aides and directors of agencies and most important, the lieutenants, the, the, uh, uh, the chiefs, the uh, senior chiefs, petty officers, SEALs, I mean, and Delta boys who are actually going to cut their fingers off and put them in a box the size of a shoebox, C0 Dark 30, you need a finding which will forever hold them legally blameless so that you can tell them, waterboard them, cut their fingers off, poke their eyes out, do whatever you need to do. If you, before your God, can sleep at night and look at pictures of your children and say, I believe this person has information. I believe, I know, I believe with everything, all of my training, all of my brains, everything I am, I believe this person harbors information that yielded will save American lives. If you believe that, then you do to them whatever you need to do to them. Look, it's the Alan Dershowitz torture warrant. It's the boy in the box. It's the kid in the box. You've got a kid buried in a box with one hour worth of air. You have... Uh, you have someone in your custody you know to be the person who did it. Let's just, you have to stipulate this. This is a hypo. It's hypothetical. So, kid the box, now you have 58 minutes worth of air. And you know you have the, the person who did it and the only person who can tell you where the kid is buried. Now you have 55 minutes of air for the 8-year-old that's buried in a box. Someone's little girl, someone's little boy. Now you have 50 minutes left. Now you have 49 minutes left. Now you have 48 minutes left. As the parents of that child, as the responsible chief of police or head of the Delta Force or president of the United States, whomever you happen to be, 
What are your instructions to your interrogators? Do everything you can do to get the information out of this guy to save this kid's life. Now you have 40 minutes worth of air. Do everything you need to do to find this kid, dig him up, and save his life. Except what? Except nothing. You do, you walk the ladder. You do what you need to do in increasing doses of brutality. If you believe you can get the information, do it and do anything you need to do in order to do it. In that regard, I'm Trumpian. Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. And my partners, one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Bob Eratum, I did not mean that when I bumped out there and said I am Trumpian in that regard. I am, but I am first and foremost Cruzian, Cruzian. And because today Ted Cruz, the the big political headline today, as probably you know, is the whirlwind that has been stirred by Ted Cruz suggesting that we do. What's what I knew as a as a native New Yorker uh, when I was living in Manhattan under Rudy Giuliani, uh, and they called it community policing. The stepped up patrols of high crime areas. Well, that's I think the definition of police work and forever has been. But let Ted Cruz suggest that we step up community policing in. Muslim neighborhoods right at the moment, and all heck breaks loose. So that really is your media slash political headline of the day. We will get to that. Um, Back to terrorism in a moment. Sorry we lost Craig. Craig, I'm not worth 15 minutes? What happened? What, What, have we been married too long now? You have a headache today? Nathan, 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 Good old, reliable Nathan Detroit, only from <laughs> Fort Worth. Nathan, welcome. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good to be What's here. Up? Thank you. Well, I wanted to answer your question. You were talking about uh, uh, the psychological pivot, so to speak, of, yes, well of put. the nation. And uh, I, I kind of sense it as well, but I, I don't think it's one of which people recognize that Trump is the the uh, the actual nominee, I think it is one of in which they're starting to get kind of tired. Uh, I, let me explain. I think when I think of it, I think of like a box. Just for your for I your think, opening your opening statement here, so I yeah. understand you. You're asserting. Tell me if I'm wrong. That there is not whether it happened in the last 24 hours or not, whether whether sudden or or uh, accumulated accumulative. You don't believe that there is somehow has established a sense of Trump inevitability. It's a forced one. So, in a, in other words, um, they want it to be inevitable. But Ted Cruz is like Rocky Marciano; keeps coming in, 
and keeps wearing them out and keeps coming in, coming in. He can't get rid of them. And uh, I think we kind of saw that with that tweet about his wife last night. He's just getting really uh, frazzled. And uh, I think Ted Cruz is remaining cool and he's con- staying consistent. And then we have the endorsement by Jeb Bush, which is pretty interesting. Oh, that's got to help. And, yeah, I'm no, sorry. Absolutely. I, I buried my political lead. Yeah. No, For people well, who don't know what Nathan knows, Heb, 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 Bush Heb. essentially endorsed, I mean, he did endorse Ted Cruz this morning. And the question yeah. up for debate is, if you want, does that help him or was that designed to hurt him? Or, as I believe, it was part of anything that Bush, Lindsey Graham, John McCain et al. will do in order to make sure Trump nor Cruz get 1237 prior to the convention. Because my question applies to Trump, too, just to be fair. If Trump doesn't get 1237 prior to the convention, you tell me all the facts of life being given. You tell me how the RNC brokered convention nominates Trump or Cruz. Well, let me say, I, I've, I've been doing some reading online, and, and, and uh, of course, that's never a Always good a thing. It's a dangerous thing, yes. Yeah, but, but uh, I was reading some uh, political news, and they were saying that Ted Cruz has been doing a good job of, uh, in a sense, finding delegates that would favor him uh, early on in the process, way earlier than uh, Donald Trump has even been thinking about looking at the delegates. Now, that Ted being said— Ted Cruz is doing— Ted Cruz has been beaten, I think you would agree, Nathan, like a red-haired stepchild. He's <laughs> the he. They're, they're all they're doing is Cruz gets no respect. He's working mm. so hard. He is yeah. so well qualified, and it's it breaks my heart when I don't see the response. I don't mean from voters, but I have to admit, I know this could sound like sour grapes, and maybe it is. I, I really don't. I really find it hard to accept that more people, and I admit this, I'll get over it, but I find it hard to accept that as each week goes by, Nathan and people see Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, that more voters choose Trump. I, I'm I'm bewildered. Yeah, and I think the for right now the establishment, if the establishment would have been something that, that Ted had run into and run to and said, please, please help me. That'd be something that would hurt him. But in this case, we have the establishment who's now saying, oh, man, we got a common goal with Ted Cruz. And I, I think this is really going to help Ted Cruz for the short term. And I, I do think it's going it's to increase meaning the what? likelihood. Uh, this meaning again. what, Nathan? This uh, meaning I think, what? You say this will help Cruz. Oh, I think the, the, the establishment, anyone who's establishment uh, endorsing him will help him. In fact, that's why oh, okay. I, I myself called uh, John Cornyn my senator. And so please, I'll tell everybody, hey, if you got know your senator, call him up and tell him you want him to support Ted Cruz. And you're going to remember it in your next voting. Uh, that's what I did. Uh, and just try to put the pressure on him because Ted Cruz is by far the best thing. All right. I'm with you. Nathan, do you accept, do you accept at this point? Uh, are you prepared to accept Jesus? Okay, that's question number one. Question number two pastor. is, uh, okay, well, question number two is, are you prepared, much the same way, are you prepared to accept that hard arithmetic 
tells us that Ted Cruz ain't going to get to 1237 prior to the convention. Are you, are um, you prepared to accept that that's, a, that that's pretty much that's likely? That's a possibility, absolutely. In fact, that's probably uh, a Would you be prepared to upgrade possibility to likelihood? Sure, absolutely. All right. Are, are you prepared to accept that neither is Trump? The way things are going and the way things are being schemed, neither will Trump reach 1237. Uh, I, I like the sound of that one better. All right. But if both of those are, let's say, equally plausible, and I think I'm being kind to my guy when I say equally, if they're equally plausible, logically, Nathan, where does that leave us? It leaves us with what we now know and what Guru Jay is proud, but now a little forlorn in having predicted before we did it here, as perhaps you know, a week 10 days before anybody else in the national media did it. We did it here on the Blaze Radio Network. We explained that what this was all about was a brokered convention, Project 1236. There is going to be an open, contested, multi-ballot. You pick any euphemism you want. There's going to be a brokered convention. And the people who broker it are brokering it for two reasons. To make sure that, one, Donald Trump, no, Number one, the Ted Cruz, and number two, Donald Trump, contrary to appearances, never get the nomination if they can control it, and they're going to. Yeah. Where does that leave us? Where does a brokered convention leave someone who is, frankly, either for Ted or for Trump? Well, I, we I think if they do that. do this? And allow that? Well, I'll tell you what. If they do that, I, I somehow, I mean, I'm not going to not vote. I believe in voting but um, uh, completely. But I, I think that if they do that, I think you're going to have a lot of disillusioned people. And I, I pretty much can, can guarantee in a hypothetical that uh, the president would be Hillary Clinton if they ended up oh, yeah. taking it away from one of those two guys. There's, there's oh, no yeah. other way to put uh, it. I, my my, I I decided to, in fairness, so that it still seemed believable, I decided sure. to cut off my prediction boast of how long I've said Hillary's going to be president, and I'm just going to renew it. I'm going to hit the refresh button as of seven years ago, because uh, I could I could hit the 15 year button, I could hit the 30 year button and prove it. Uh, I got it on tape, but I'll just say I've been predicting it, uh, you know, since. Obama, uh, before Obama was inaugurated, I said he's going to serve two terms and Hillary's going to be the next president. And I also promised everybody that the day, the moment that I had reason to change that that depressing assessment, that we'd all share it and you'd be the first to know. You'll still be the first to know if I've changed that, that assessment. I've never changed that assessment. I want to. It's what I think about kind of second or third, you know, once to get the kids off to school. I mean, it's that high on my list every day, Nathan. But right now, until something changes radically, Hillary Clinton is the next president of the United States, and she will serve two terms. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really hope that the establishment kind of uh, straightens up and follows suit with Texas. If they do, and this is a hypothetical, 
I think I think Ted Cruz has a very likely shot, and I, I'm praying for him every day, many times a day. Nathan, I know that matters, and I thank you for your great contribution, and I know we all wish we could do more. It is, uh, again, I admit to, and again, Nathan, thank you so much. Call again soon. Look, folks, I admit, and maybe this is why, maybe it's the combination of the the terrorism and the sorrow about looking at Europe and knowing knowing that it's a signal to us, and we'll talk more about this. No one wants to think about it, and I'm sorry. I'm I'm here to talk about the things that sometimes we don't want to talk about. That's my job. And also part of my job is, I think, influenced by my mood. I'm human. Honest, I am. I am not an animal. I am not an animal. And, and, And I'm influenced by my mood, and my mood is not good this week. It's Wednesday, and I'm still looking for the happy, happy, happy show this week. This ain't the happy show because I sat there last night holding my head, looking at the television screen, doing the math, and said, there's going to be a brokered convention. Well, I mean, I, but, but, I, but, 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 I, but I said that six weeks ago. So I've known for a long time. It's just that maybe I didn't believe me. Maybe I didn't want to believe me. But now I believe me. I believe that it's going to be a brokered convention. And if if I believe me that it's going to be a brokered convention, and if by chance you believe me that it's going to be a brokered convention, someone please explain to me the way to go home. Tell me the way to go home. Boom, boom, boom. Tired. I want Ted Cruz to be the nominee. Boom, boom, boom. Jay. Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show. On the Blaze Radio Network, one 3393 and we are a partner-driven show. Do you notice? Intermittently in my career, I've had guests. When I can have an Alan Dershowitz or a Pat Buchanan, a Catherine Herridge, we'll have them. And if I were more probably uh, assiduous about asking them, we could have them more frequently. It's just that we have two hours, and... My rule for guests is they must add something to the show that we don't already know. And if that sounds ultimately like a grotesquely immodest statement, I suppose it is. And that's okay. You ought to be proud to be a partner in such a show. But we don't need, I mean, there are, there are famous talk show hosts, and I could name one, but I won't because he or she happens to be a friend of 25 years who is essentially a weak interviewer and only does interviews. And the strength of the show is today, Newt Gingrich. Tomorrow, you know, Newt Gingrich. The next day... Uh, some member of Congress 
and then on Thursday, Newt Gingrich. And, you know, we don't do here, we, we, we spare our listeners unimportant guests. We spare our guests unimportant listeners. Uh, you know, unless you have a unique, a literally, and that may be the only modifier, by the way, the word unique takes, unless you have a, un, a literally unique contribution to make, then why do we need you on this show? If between you and me, we know the questions and we can seek the answers, why would we give someone 20 minutes to promote a book or say something they said last night on Fox? Tom from Topeka, let's get started. Guru Jay, it's an honor to be here with you. Holy cow pie. I, I have to borrow my importance from you, although I have been said to be a very impotent person. <laughs> I would uh, I would like to postulate how Mr. Cruz can still reach the goal of being nominated as our uh, our, our, our presidential candidate for Republican parties. All right, so um, not necessarily because we only have twenty seconds. So if you can yeah. hold and are. Do you want us to call you well, back? Do you want to call us back? Because this means holding through the top of the hour break. Can you do that? Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm just thinking the rule 40 and then... Uh, no, no, we can't do it now. We don't have the time. But, Tom, if you'll hold uh, one way or the other so that we can talk again after the break, I'd like to hear what you have to say about this. You think Cruz could still win? I want to know how. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, uh, this is the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. I don't like being the bearer of bad tidings. We're here to live, learn, laugh, love. Sometimes there are bad headlines. This week we have experienced such a phase, many one hopes. The latest headline, as of literally moments ago, is an Associated Press story which has just hit the wires, and that is, according to the combined intelligence agencies, evidently including the United States, that is to say, apparently we agree with this assessment. This, we have reason to believe that Brussels is the beginning of a campaign which has unleashed, in the words of the Associated Press, hundreds, hundreds of ISIS suicide bombers, fighters, martyrs, who have been unleashed with direct orders to do this as frequently as possible and to particularly look for Americans where they can. Veritas?
Welcome back, best and brightest, my partners, my dear radio family. I am Jay Severin. Together we are the Blaze Radio Network, and I've just shared with you that Associated Press headline. And naturally, I'm not worried. I am concerned, but I'm not worried, and neither are you. I had someone I once worked with in radio who, whose advice, standing advice was, whenever, and you know, with time, it looks like the advice wasn't bad. And the advice was, when it comes to anything beyond the shores of this country, when it comes to, and the particular matter of contention was a significant development by NOCO, by North Korea, of the ability to perhaps fire nuclear missiles that could land in the United States. The advice I was given was, that's interesting. Broadcast it when the missiles are in the air. Because until then, no one cares. And you know what? Even in this audience, things have changed. Now, I don't mean here with this audience, although I hope we're changing every day, living, loving, laughing together, buy a Coke, have a smoke, tell a joke, all of that. But... Something has changed in America in the last, you know, 10 years. And one of the things that changed is we don't think strategically anymore. And one of the reasons for that is we've already discussed thinking strategically equals the time for mommy or daddy to sit down and read a newspaper, which don't exist anymore, and think about things like, well, what does this mean? You can't because you're working two jobs to try and scratch by paycheck to paycheck because there is no more middle-class existence. So a lot of the things that aren't generally seen as being connected are connected because as we know, every day we mature, we learn everything is connected. Twerking is no mistake. Twerking is the inevitable byproduct of the time in which we live. If Donald Trump didn't exist, he would still exist. We would find someone else. You think they're kidding when they say Jay-Z is running for president in 2020? Do you know that Jay-Z will start off with 30% of the vote? All of this stuff had to happen. How, how could this stuff not happen? Anyway... In uh, Belgium, they have the town shut down. They're, they're looking for lots of people other than the people we know. And we know this. What we don't know is whether this rumor of, you know, a new wave of violence unlashed, unleashed by uh, ISIS. We, we don't know about that. We do know that after yesterday... 33, I'm sorry, after the, the incidents, the bombings, the airport, uh, the subway, after all the dead and the maimed, they went on house-to-house search. They were kicking. They were clearing houses like Iraq, like American Sniper. That's what they're doing in Brussels right now. They're, they're clearing houses, house-to-house. And what they found yesterday that we know of is 33 pounds of explosives, 
left over, including acetone, oxygenated water, detonators, other explosives, leftover, quote unquote, what does leftover suggest to you? Leftover means they had more than they needed. The Paris bombs required only one pound each. A bomb that will do what the airport bombs did in Brussels require one pound of explosives and a pound of nails. So that would say to me, I would say to, I think, anyone, that they've got 33 pounds of stuff lying around they haven't used yet. It it would suggest to me that they have ample supplies and ambitious plans, murderously ambitious plans, and no problem getting their hands on the stuff they need to do this. I mean, unless you listen to Shepard Smith, who is the Fox News in-house Bernie Sanders, who says, everything's okay. Slobby slab hammy is cooperating with police. He actually said that. He goes, so we know that Salam slab hammy is cooperating with police. <laughs> really? Really? You know that, Shep? Wow. Talk about contact. So Shep says, okay, nothing to see here. Move along. Everything is pretty. And then he said, everything's pretty much back to normal, I think. End quote. You think? You, you, Shepard Smith, think that everything is pretty much back to normal. Now, look, I give opinions. You give opinions. We're a radio talk show. He's a network anchor. So everything's back to normal, I think. You think? You, you think? I mean, I'm glad we did politics first, but again, some of these things just have to be mentioned. Um, Here's a frank thing which must be mentioned. Belgium is a nice ally. You know, like you say, he's a nice boy. He's a nice boy. Belgium is a nice boy who now really, really, despite talking against us and failing to support us and backstabbing us like a lot of the Euros until they need us. Now Belgium really, really wants to be our friend. They complain about our methods. They complain that we don't give them enough money. We don't give them enough American blood. But, you know, now, now they really, really want to be our friend. And you know what? Like most of Europe... Belgium spends less than 1% of their budget on national defense. Don't you wish we had that luxury? Because we have to protect the nuts of the rest of the world, whose chestnuts are always, to one degree or another, in the fire. And guess who has to reach in and pull them out? Less than 1% of their budget. Right now, the hotbed of terrorism in the world is them. They are the t- targets. And they're spending less. They still believe they're living in 1921. They, they think they could spend less than 1% of their budget. And you know what? They can because we do it for them. Right. They get defended with our budget. P.S. Belgium is among 
the many Western European allies that pledged in writing to NATO that they would double their defense, self-defense, let's call it, shall we? They, they promised to double their self-defense budget from 1% to a whopping 2%. And they have reneged on that promise every year. Uh, you know, I'm, I feel sorry for them, and, I, and we defend them, and they are our allies. But they can renege on their promise because they're consistently relying on guess who? to spend the money to protect them. You! And by the way, Belgium, while I'm cracking out of turn here, listen to any of our specialists who will tell you that Belgium is the, the is a forward operating base for Al-Qaeda and ISIS because they are, they're, it's Woodstock. They are notoriously disorganized. They are incompetent. Their law enforcement is inadequate and incompetent they speak several languages half the country speaks flemish half the country uh speaks french and and the other half that's the way they do the math there doesn't speak at all there is no organization there is no communication but it's okay because you're going to work extra hours to protect them and they know it jay severin on the blaze radio network This is the Jay Severin Show. And these are my partners on the Blaze Radio Network. We're about to go there. one 888 I'm sorry for those of you who have called and held and dropped. I'm, I'm trying to get to the phones every 15 minutes or so. There's an awful lot of news. Obama is now on his latest apology tour in Argentina. It's like a concert tour. He kissed ass in Cuba now he's kissing ass in Argentina. Uh, honest, honest to God. Today in Argentina, he made sure to bring up the fact that the United States government 40 years ago aided the rebels against their government. And he wants to apologize and he's going to release all our secret papers, our, our intelligence documents, to prove to the Argentinians that we really want to be friends and that we're really sorry and that and that the Republican president of the time was really a butthole. And we really, really, we want to be friends. And we did wrong. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. So now Obama's on an apology tour in Argentina. Yesterday, no, yesterday was Cuba and and the and the hot dogs and the popcorn while people were dying in in Brussels, and 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 then. In Argentina, he finally responded to a question about the killing in Belgium. And he said, I have no higher priority than defeating defeating ISIS. He will not say. He still refuses to utter the word Islamist, Muslim, terrorist, or destroy. And you know what he said in the first breath of saying what I just said? He said, did Obama say, 
hey, remember, they're killing Muslims, too. They're killing Muslims, too. Yeah, that's what Americans care about. I'm sorry. I mean, we, we, we care about any innocent victim. And are there innocent Muslim victims? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. But talk about having a tin ear. Well, actually, Obama doesn't have a tin ear politically so much as he has an Islamist ear. He's got two of them, and they're bigger than mine. And I would generally argue that size doesn't matter. Well, I won't get into that, but... Huh? Killing Muslims, too. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, uh, we forgot that. And, and may I mention this? P.S. I think that there are two, three inventions, and I'm not kidding. So someday, if you want this to be my epitaph, if you want it right now to prove that I'm crazy, okay. There are three things I think I wish we had never invented. I I track the invention of three things to the downfall of all that was pure and good when I was a kid. The America that was the America, though not flawless, the America that was the America when I was a kid has been ruined forever by the invention of three things and what and the fallout from the invention of those three things. One, plastic. Two, television. Three, airplanes. Uh, To which third element, may I put to you the question, have you noticed, is it me? Am I just xenophobic or just phobophobic? Has anyone noticed that we have, by virtue of modern politics and the jetliner, repopulated we have repopulated we have reorganized repopulated we have screwed with god's laws of nature we have used the jet plane to move entire populations of the world around on earth We have repopulated, we have done something that Islamists have dreamed of and cut heads off for, for 10,000 years. The caliphate. What they needed was something that as recently as five years ago, maybe 10, they never thought they would see except maybe in another 10,000 years. The caliphate. And you know what they needed for the caliphate? The Islamists? They needed Islamists to inhabit great swaths of the earth where they 
have never before been significant parts of the population. Have you noticed in the last 10 years what has happened? Argue with me as to whether it means anything, but what has happened in the last 10 years? We have repopulated a lot of the world, certainly all of Europe, all of Scandinavia, and we're on our way to doing it in the United States. We have repopulated the world with Muslims where it is not their natural habitat, and therefore of a percentage of Muslims, there will be a percentage of Islamists. More importantly, of a percentage of Muslims, there will be a percentage of those who, though not Islamists per se, believe in Sharia law. Do you really want to know what the problem is in America with Islamicism? It's how many Muslims believe in Sharia law here in America. That's your test. That's your acid test. Do you believe in Sharia law or not? Have you noticed that all of Western Europe, do you know that Sweden, Denmark, Belgium, Finland, Sweden, Norway, now have uh, Germany, one and a half million Muslims, whereas they had 10 or 8 or 10 a couple years ago. Telling me this is meaningless? Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. And partners on the Blaze Radio Network, Blake from Missouri, will you uh, please uh, uh, enter and sign in, please? Knowing you are there will make me say what I have to say here shorter, because I know that you're right here with me, okay? Are you here, Blake? I am here, Jay. Thank you for having me on. All right. Blake, my pleasure. Let me just say this, and, and then please shut me up. I want to be very clear. I am in no way anti-anybody. I'm not anti-Muslim. I'm not anti-anybody. Well, I, I'm not anti-anybody who's not anti-us. I, I, when someone, when a religion exists, if it's ever existed or if it exists now, or someone reads it such that it exists, that you're going to go harm people, I'm anti-them, whatever them is. And right now, what I'm, what is frustrating me greatly, Blake, is how do you become, where is the line where a Muslim becomes an Islamist? Would you go online and take a test? Is it in Red Book? Is it in like one of those inserts in the Sunday papers? Is there a checkbox thing? Where does a Muslim become an Islamist? Blake, I'll tell you where. If you believe in Sharia law, if you, this is the boat we are missing, which boat will carry our heads to an unmarked grave. The test is this. Do you believe in Sharia law? If you do, for functional, operational, and the only meaningful purposes, you are a radical Islamist. You are our enemy. And I submit to you, Blake, that the number of... Go to Dearborn, Michigan. 
the largest Muslim population outside of the Middle East. Go there. Try to, you know, if you could, do an honest survey. Find out how many people would um, either respond honestly to, would you favor the use of Sharia law here in America, at least within your community? Or ask them, if Ahmed knocks on your door at 4 o'clock in the morning and says, just hide me for the night, don't ask me any questions, you know, but, but do it for me, brother, and I'll disappear tomorrow. And you find out tomorrow that, you know, a school has just been blown up. Would you do that or not? I mean, which to me, I kind of equate with, do you support Sharia law? The stoning of women, you know, no school for girls, the killing of homosexuals, the honor killing of your own daughter, you know, for looking at a boy outside the house. If you believe in Sharia law, you're an Islamist. For our purposes and intentions, you are the enemy if you believe in Sharia law. And by that standard, and I don't think there's anything wrong or ugly or hateful about applying that standard. I mean it in a sober, serious, real, existential way. If you apply the Sharia test and someone says yes, they are, for our purposes, Islamists. Blake, please shut me up before I speak again. <laughs> you're, you're making a really good point. And, I mean, I would note, too, that what we're seeing overseas is many of these countries that are taking in just enormous amounts of, of Muslims, they're not assimilating into their culture. They're keeping, you know, their beliefs such as, you know, the beliefs in Sharia law with them. And what troubles more than me too here in America... More than any group in history. There has been no human history I know of recorded, and in, in, in I know a little history, that, you know, that any group has become has stayed, has remained by decision this insular and by these very, in some cases, awful standards, these uncivilized standards. They don't mean to assimilate, Blake, and they do not. They have not. They are not. And I believe will not. And that's why I apply the the, the Sharia law. You're right. I heard a radio show at 3.30 a.m., this morning, Eastern Time. It's called Hard Talk. It's brilliant. It's the best one-on-one interview show I've ever heard. Uh, it's on the BBC Worldwide Radio. And uh, and he was the host. You think I'd know his name. I listen to his show every night. Stephen, I can't remember, because uh, it's 3.30. It's why I don't remember his name. Uh, but he was interviewing the foreign minister, Blake, of Finland. Blake, Finland. <laughs> His, the, the guy's name is Timo Salalaman, the name of a hockey player for the Ducks that just retired, a brilliant player. But his name was Timo, and he's asking, think of the life that Timo has lived. He's from Finland, and they're arguing whether they ought to take in a million Muslims or just half a million Muslims in Finland. And they're arguing, well, Sweden took in, you know, so many hundred thousand. Denmark took in Norway. Norway took in so many. You know, you we are moving. We are making the caliphate possible. We're constructing it. 
We are. And what's sad, too, is I remember when it wasn't long after the Paris attacks happened, I remember reading this report where there were some countries over in, I believe it was Africa, and it may have been Muslim countries that said that they would not let refugees from Syria into their countries because they're so close to they're so closely tied to these radicals that well I mean quite frankly are fundamental in their you know Islamic beliefs in terms of Sharia law so they even they are like no we don't want any of that in our country but we here are talking about bringing in refugees I mean there's even I can't remember there's like a couple counties in uh, the United States that are talking about you know adopting Sharia law into their into their uh, local counties and I'm like it's mad- that, it's madness. that is dangerous it's madness. That's madness. Under Sharia law, you can kill your daughter for trying to go to school. You could kill your daughter. Do- um, um, this is a real case, God, on my family's soul. I, this is a real case. Um, um, a father or a mother, I think it was the mother, beat her 12-year-old daughter to death with a toaster because they were inside the house and a boy rode by on a bicycle and looked in the house, and the daughter looked back at him and smiled, or maybe she waved. I don't think she waved. I'm trying to recall the particulars of the case. But that was it. That was the zenith of her offense, was that she recognized the existence of this boy who rode by on a bike. Now, I don't know whether that triggered the overactive imagination of the mother or suspicions, which maybe, who knows, maybe she... Maybe the mother had reason to be suspicious. Maybe the girl actually had been sneaking out and seeing the boy. I'll be fair. I don't know. I don't, there's no way to know that. We'll never know. But what I do know is the mother beat her 12-year-old daughter to death with a toaster and walked away and was applauded because it was a mercy killing. Uh, no, I'm sorry, an honor killing. That's Sharia law. And yet our president isn't willing to call it by its name. I mean, the the way that women and, and others are treated in places like Iran is despicable. And yet, you know, we say one thing about it here, we're, we're called the haters. We're called the, the people who sure. are intolerant. They're the ones Imagine who are intolerant, not us. a Republican us. candidate, Blake, said any of the things... If I, I could give you a list of 10 things from Sharia law. Imagine if Ted Cruz... Uh, propounded any of them you know homosexuals easy we put them in the ground and stone them we bury them in the ground up to their necks and then stone them to death girls that want to go to school beat them and kill them honor killings uh you know if, if any republican was vaguely conversant with any of the many tenets of sharia they would be correctly condemned by Americans as the worst sort of fascists who ever sought office in America. Yet somehow there, there are Americans saying, well, you know, it's their way. If, if they want, if Sharia law is their way and they want to have their way here, oh, I get it. So if you live in Dearborn, Michigan and you kill your daughter or you find out someone's gay and you beat them, the mob beats them to death, your absolute defense is, hey, they violated Sharia law. Dismiss the charges. It's crazy. And you can't have it both ways, too. You can't say, I'm for equal rights for women. I'm for equal rights for homosexuals. And yet you support countries that stone and kill homosexuals and that make it almost impossible 
for a woman to, you know, even be able to live in another live. country without right. fear of being, right. you know. Yep. Oh yeah, it's 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 insane. And if we, I mean, if we keep doing this with our country, this political correctness in this game, it's it's going to come back to bite us. I fear, and that, that's, I mean, it's not something that is so hard that we can't correct it. We can correct it. We just have to be willing to do it and elect people who are going to do it. Blake, Fox News reported yesterday that, and this is at this point a rumor, but, you know, I have, I have no reason to dismiss it out of hand, even though I'm not claiming it's more than a rumor. Fox News reported yesterday, uh, I have in my notes here, that Obama is reportedly prepared to executive order in 60,000 Syrian refugees, completely unidentified, completely, Blake, unidentifiable, unvettable, because there is no database. So just like one of the two San Bernardino shooters, the woman made up an address, 123 Jesus Street, you know, in Abbottabad, Pakistan. Well, there is no Jesus Street in Abbottabad, but under the Obama program, she wasn't caught because they didn't check her address. They didn't check whether there was a Jesus Street. Not to say this is obvious or anything. And so they say, don't worry, they'll be vetted. It'll take 18 months. These are total lies. We are moving. We are Westerners are cutting our own throat. We are saving them, dulling their blades by moving the caliphate around the planet and establishing them and making excuses for them without demanding to know, are you here to become Swedish or to be in Sweden? Are you here to become American or merely be in America? And do you believe in Sharia law? This is Jay Febrin on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners. Blake, thank you for your patience and your contribution. Jacob from Birmingham. You know I'm going to say roll tide, so I'm taking a 50-50 bet here. But welcome. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I was following the um, results from last night, I believe, that Trump took uh, Arizona, and so this, yes. I guess it's 58, winner take all, 58 delegates. Yeah, so he's taking on another state, and I guess now they're picking on... Um, well, hold on, Trump's hold on, one. and at the same time, so that we don't sound like CNN, uh, and so at the same time did Cruz win with 70% of the vote in Utah, giving him winner take all 40. Now, that's 18 less, as I've never been good at the maths, but I think that means a net 18 delegate gain for Trump. Okay. All right. I'm pretty good and, at math. And, and how about that Kasich? Did he run wild last night? Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not very good. Zero delegates. Again, zero <laughs> delegates. Go, John. 
Yeah, I don't know why, but he's still in the race. I can't believe why he's still in there collecting donations from the campaign, I guess. Or do you really not know? Covered. Do you really not media. know? Not, he's not in so, there because so he's he's probably going to be the nominee. There are, there are five people who are going to be picked by a brokered convention. Kasich is on the ticket. I give him about two to one odds that he's on the ticket. Maybe as VP, hmm. maybe as president. The ticket is probably Paul Ryan, John Kasich. Okay, well, well. That's why he's still in. He doesn't need to win anything. He's going to stay in because you want to talk about selected, not elected? Finally, it's going to happen. Hey, hey Jay, one other thing for a couple seconds. Did you hear about the uh, Guinea-West Africa Ebola outbreak this week? I did not. I did not. There's about 1,000 people that are being exposed to Ebola in Guinea, West Africa, and there's five of them that passed away, so they quarantined them all. And I'm just hoping that none of them show up here in New York City or Atlanta or something shortly in the next Isn't week. Isn't it amazing, know? Jacob, that anybody can – I'll go back to my nut theory, uh, and it's not an acronym. It just means I'm nuts. I know, but the, my nut theory about the jet airplane, no one with, no one with uh, Ebola should be able to get on a plane – and in, you know, 10 hours be walking around coughing in New York City or Minneapolis. Yeah, I read that news on the, uh, the website, uh, EbolaOutbreakMap.com. Oh, you're our, uh, you're our disease guy, pardon me. Yeah, right. Yeah, Good. Yeah, I, yeah. I really, I, we really value your tweets, and I always retweet them, as you know, uh, because you stay on top of this stuff, and this thing won't lay down. This Ebola thing will not go away. And you know what? People are born in different places on the planet, and they survive, and some don't. And when you eat uh, what's called bush meat, that is still one right. of the outs. According to the BBC, one of the outstanding possibilities of Ebola is people eating bush meat, is, eating, is people eating chimpanzees and other wild animals of the jungle, and that's how Ebola continues to spread. I don't know, but I don't want it on a jet airplane coming to my town or yours. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.